A Thousand Lives Lived podcast. The podcast where a thousand lives come to life. Where mysterious creatures take flight. Where the blind lead and where space is transversible. A place where the imagination is unleashed. Anything can happen. Hi, friends, and welcome to the show. I am Hazel Danes. And I'm Tamara Lindsay. And today we've got another bonus material for you. We're going to be working on the plot of the fantasy novel that we've been working on. Yet to be named, we need to come up with a title here. We might put that to a vote on our social media pages, so do uh, check that out. So today we're going to be forming a bit of a loose outline. We have already worked on something, so we'll be bringing that and using it to structure our show. Uh, we've been using the Save the Cat writes a novel cheat that was developed by Jessica Brody. And you, and you can check that out at www.jessicabrody.com. She also has a series of videos on YouTube. Uh, be sure to check that out. It's an amazing tool for outlining your novel. And as she says in uh, her workshops, it actually does apply to like every genre. Like it's it's just amazing. And if you, if you look at it and you start analyzing other books and other films, you'll see that it is what writers use. It's amazing, it's just amazing. I can't say right, that. And it, it sounds like it's what it, it's based on I mean, it sounds like she took it farther and applied it to a novel, which sounds amazing. But it sounds like it's originally based on Blake Snyder, a screenwriter who uh, sort of pioneered the idea. Right, and made it for film. So she just adapted it to more uh, novel writing. Okay, so we're gonna get started. The first beat in Save the Cat is opening image. The idea here is to get a before snapshot of your main character who from here on will be your hero. The idea is to visually show in a single scene who your hero is and what their world or life is like. I'll just read out what I had come up with uh, as our homework. I, I did a bit of work uh, outside of the podcast here, but uh, yes. so this is what I said for opening image. The main character who also does not have a name yet <laughs> uh, she is one of the only young girls allowed to tend the garden so if you remember our previous podcast uh, we were talking about the garden of trees in her territory being a, a sort of like sacred cemetery where all of the people who died are now living trees in their forest and so it's a sacred job like this is a very important job and she's the only girl who's allowed to do that job. The rest are men. And she had made a promise with her father that instead of getting married, she would be allowed to tend the garden after her mother died. So she, her mother just recently died. Uh, and that's kind of her motivation for not wanting to get married. She just wants to be in this garden near her mother. So that's kind of more so giving you an idea of the background of the opening image. So Tamara, if you could help me out with what exactly the scene should be, you go. Well, it seems like she should be in the sacred garden. 
and she should be talking with someone because we need to bring out her her feistiness i mean she's 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 a she's a very dedicated person she's very she has a strong will and a strong mind. And so who would she be talking to? She could be talking to our PETA character, who we also have not named. And that would make sense. Or she could be talking to her father. Seems like it should be somebody like that. So either, I would say either the PETA character or her father. What do you think? I think that it makes the most sense if it's her father at this point, because they can mutually establish that they're grieving still. Right, right, Um, right, right. So talking to father. um, So it can start with an image of the forest, which sets our, our, um, sets our scene. I mean, it can come across sort of like a regular forest, but then we can sort of hone in, sort of like zoom in on what makes it individual and unique to this culture. Right. Um, um, and so just this is a uh, skipping ahead a little bit, but I find that it's important to uh, do this because it just it just makes a lot of sense in my head. So so at the, the very last beat is actually like a mirror of the opening beat the opening oh, image. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so to have an, that's why I say have a loose idea of your opening image, but uh, you need to sort of know your last beat to fully right. fill it in. So we can know that she's in the garden and she's uh, grieving. There's a bit of a grieving scene with her father. And then we can introduce the idea that she does not want to get married. Right, right but she's, she's expected to get married. Right. It can be, I don't think it should be a argument because again, like they're grieving. This is like her father's being uh, easy on her because of what she's experiencing. I don't think she, her father still agrees that she should just never get married, but he's not pushing it because of their Is she, is she the type of person who is strong-willed, but because she loves her father, she will try and go along? Or is she the type of person who's going to like push back verbally, like going to be like, even though she gives in in the end, because she has to go that way? Is Hmm. she going to, she's she going to say something? Or is she going to be like, this is the best for me trying to convince herself? That's a good question. Uh, What is she like? Like, what's her relationship with her father? Like, I think that needs to be pretty special to her. Like, like he needs to be special to her. Like he's a good dad, like obviously, right. or else he would have bullied her into marrying right. regardless. Right. So, so she, maybe she feels, a this is her kind of inner battle. Right, right, right. So she, she is very strong-willed and she is very snappy and she usually says something, but she cares so much for her father that she's, she's uh, keeping that to herself and taking care of him. Yeah. Because he's grieving too. Right, exactly. So yeah, she's got the inner battle of like, she's not giving up on her desire to just plain garden, but she's not, she's also not going to push it right right now. So one thing, one question we haven't answered up until this point, are we first person close third? That's a good question too. (laughs) Yeah, I was thinking about that. Like, like what would be the best way to do it for this type of book? We want it. Do we want it to be really voicey if, you know, like have a, she has a really strong voice. Uh, And if so, we would, first person is kind of fun because you can play around with that. Close third is really, really nice too, because you can pull back a little bit and turn toward the audience and say things. 
So what, which one's your preference, do you think? Because you can't, and first you have to imply things. The audience can't know anything you don't know. Yeah, yeah. That's always the, the fun. Yeah. See, I always find it really hard to write in first person. I, um, and I'm, I'm, I'm inclined to third too, especially for fantasy books because. I, I love reading first person. Yeah. That's probably like one of my favorites. Um, but I feel like writing it is so hard because like, it's not your voice. Like it's not your like writer voice anymore. It's yeah. like the actual character's voice. Um, so, yeah. so there's a lot of intricate work of making it like that person's voice. Right. 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 But I think and, I, something that came to mind was like, what if we did first person, but lots of point of views, like that's fun. Oh yeah. I love to do, I, I, I do that a lot. I, I really like that. But then we have to make sure that each character that has a first person point of view has a very strong arc. They have to change. They have to have their own stories, which is fine. Um, yeah, that's true. That's a lot of, that's a lot of extra world building and <laughs> development. <laughs> I mean, do we want the PETA character to have his own arc? And do we want to have the old woman have her own arc? Um, which we totally could do. I mean, that's my tendency actually is to have each character and develop each arc and have them all come together and all that kind of stuff. That's but maybe cool. for the sake, yeah, maybe for the sake of this day, she'd be close third and, and she's our main character. What do you think? Yeah, I think, I think that would be good. I think it's either that or you do the PETA character and this girl character and they are the two main characters that have the arcs and the point of views and that's it. Or we just do the close. So no, no, no. The reason why I'm hesitating is um, we haven't thought much about what his arc would be. No, we'd have That's to. That's perfectly fine. That. But that would be okay. I mean, that's because be I, I like I think of how much I love that PETA character in Hogger yeah. Games and how much fun it would be to not like copy, but like to bring right. out more like like the Sam Gamgee and the like right. uh, make him thick. Yes. So. You know? I'm trying to think, is the Hunger Games in close third? I'm thinking uh, it's close third, but I don't. I actually have it on my shelf. I mean, I could just go look. Go, go look, okay, go grab I'm it, go, go look. look. Cause I don't, I don't remember. Gosh, it's been so long. Okay, let's see. All right, let's see. Cause I remember talking outside of her when she's going out in hunting at the very beginning and um, it's in first person, Katniss. It is in yeah. first pers person. Yeah. Interesting, but only her point of view, right? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, well, what are we gonna do? Or we can let it stew for a little bit if we want, but. As a writer and as an editor, I say, like you choose a point of view. Yeah. You write the first chapter, you see what you think. Like if it right. doesn't quite work, you'd convert it. Convert it, right, that's um, true. And yeah. you're not committing committing much. So first person, uh, Hunger Games, and we're going to do our elf girl and PETA character. Okay, yeah. there we go. <laughs> yeah. So we'll have to do another episode on PETA, obviously. Yes, yes, we will. Yes. Interesting. So, okay, we're going to keep going with the Save the Cat. <laughs> so <laughs> number two is theme stated. So I will say uh, theme stated is the most difficult beat for me because uh, very upfront about the theme of the book is is hard even as I'm reading and as I'm writing I have a theme 
It's just that it takes me like almost reading like halfway through to know what the theme is. So to say it right there in like the second beat is like, whoa, what is our theme? How do you even know what your theme is? Like, you, I feel like you have to have your whole plot line figured out to have a theme. Do you know? We can do, ten, yeah, well, we could do tentative, this is where I'm headed. And sometimes books, you know, you end up with a totally different theme. In fact, often you end up with a totally different main theme. You, you know, it may be a sub theme, but the main theme ends up being something you weren't even thinking about. And you don't realize it until after you've written the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we could just come up with some themes that I mean that make sense. We we have we have the theme of 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 love. We have the theme of refugees, alien interactions, something. Right. Self versus other. Um. I think there should be like a memory. Oh yeah, memory thing. Yeah, or something yeah. like. I think that her main struggle is to understand how to like in a healthy way, give up the past, because I think that her whole culture kind of like struggles with that, like right. they're kind of like past obsessed. That's right. That's, that's cause that's what we talked about last time. The, right. that, yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So, and so the whole story for her, I think that's even like part of her, like that's her arc, right? Like right. the whole story yes. for her is to figure out how do I like remember my mother in a right. healthy way without being consumed by her and, and making her memory direct my life? Because that's what she's doing in the first scene, right? Like she's saying, I am going to be stuck in this my whole life. I'm not going to marry. I'm going to stunt myself because I want to, I want to be with her. I want to remember her. Okay. Um, Question. Are we going to have um, flashbacks with her mom? Or is her mom going to be? Yeah, I think I think that would be really good. Like uh, flashback conversations, like when right. she's entering uh, something difficult, we do a little right. flashback. That's especially when you think about like your parent. You think like, right. what did what did my mother or father do in this situation? Did they do it right? Should I do it different? Should I do the same? Like, uh... it, this makes perfect sense. Then the the opening scene would be with her father talking about her mother's death and then the second scene would be a flashback the theme scene would be a flashback it could be her remembering or whatever where it talks very much about memory and about her relationship with her mom since that's what we're thinking the theme will be well then we have a tentative one <laughs> that's a i think that's a really powerful sort of yes theme and it's it's a it's a relatable, easily relatable theme, right? Like, like everyone uh, fears losing people that they right. love. And, and, and looking forward, we have a bunch of things that are going to mirror this. So we have the old woman is going to be a mother figure, a goddess mother figure. The aliens are kind of like the future. The, they're, they're like making change. They're bringing change into the situation. And so they, in some ways they threaten the the memory and yeah. the way things are, which is both a good thing for her, but also a bad thing. Cause she, she buys into the memory thing because she wants to remember her mother. Um, but then she, she's also doesn't want, she wants change. Yeah, so she's very conflicted. Yes, yeah. Like the, the old woman is really one of the only characters that can speak 
into her conflict with within herself because PETA is in the same culture, right? So he understands things from the same perspective, Uh, like not the exact same, but like he's, he also like is into memory conservation and whatnot. So, so the old woman is kind of like a uh, outside of culture character where she can speak sort of like why wisdom. Right. 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 And so she's a big part of the arc, I think. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so I'll just read my little theme stated paragraph, which might have nothing to do with theme stated, but it's kind of like just propelling the plot. So later on, and I don't know how much time is in between, uh, her father must renege as her clan is slowly dying and they need to repopulate. This is a problem. Like, so it's, it's, it's down to like practicality. Like, she just can't be in a garden her whole life. She can still have the flashback. So her father gives in to societal pressure. and Well, he has her. to. And we can present it as like something that he just has to. Like he doesn't right. have a choice really. So a young boy comes forward and says that he wants to marry her and we can do some sort of interesting cultural ceremony or something where like he has to present his daughter to the community. It's kind of embarrassing. I feel like that's kind of what I pictured in my head where like they're, <laughs> they're, they're all outside and they're just kind of all presenting their, their daughters to be married. To- like in the giver and in hunger games and oh, a cultural ceremony. I like that. Yeah. So then a young boy comes forward and says, yes, I will take her, which is like, it, we're presenting a sort of like very odd thing. And we know it is odd, but it's, yeah. you know, it's got to yeah. be odd or else. That's the way it feels like sometime. And I imagine with arranged marriage, it feels that way, you know? Right. Yeah. You're just kind of like, who wants me? Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Yeah. Okay. So she needs to learn to take her place in the tribe. And that's kind of the idea that right. she's struggling with. Uh, she thinks it should be with in the garden, but her father tells her otherwise. Then this is after the ceremony and after she's completely embarrassed. Okay. But, but her arrangement with her father changes because he obviously reneged. So she's like, okay, so I get married, but I have to be the one to go and do that journey. Oh, okay. So she's got a little bit of bargaining power. It's, she's yeah, like, she's negotiating now. She's right. Like, she gets to do the ceremony. Gets to do the rest of the ceremony. The thing where she goes to the tree of tree of life, cave of life, cave, cave of life, of life. <laughs> <laughs> cave of life. <laughs> yeah, whatever okay, it is. To, we really have to work on naming stuff. <laughs> cave of life. Do you have? a uh, language or a something that you're drawn to that you tend to draw things from like I tend to use in situations like this I tend to use a lot of ease sort of elven kind of an idea kind of um so I tend to take a when I have something like this I tend to take a culture or or a basis of some sort that I base things on in my head it makes the most sense to do like a Norse sort of Norse Sort Norse of. and 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 natural like tree based obviously. Yeah. Okay. So we can look into interesting Norse words. That's that's okay. good. So he essentially has to agree. He says you can't go alone. You know, enter Peta. Okay. Have we established him before this? No. Okay. All right. He's he's just some. Right. Like so she but but they're friends. He, yeah, they're he, friends. Different. Right. right. Like okay. they can even just be like family friends. Like right. Yeah. Right. They don't know each other. I mean, they're not going to be like PETA where they're, they're, they've been friends forever and he's been secretly pining for her. Yeah, I think that's a little overdone. 
Okay. No secret. So they don't, but he does want to be with her. Yeah. Yeah. So that's actually harder. That's harder as a writer, right? You want to start this off as, I love you. I just have loved you for years because it's so hard to establish why does someone love someone else? So that's a lot of work, especially in a little bit of time. It's not going to take years to do this journey. Do people fall in love that fast? So they're, they're going to be basically strangers at the beginning and he's going to fall in love along the journey, but she's going to be like, eh, and then, and then fall in love with this other guy. And then, and then they'll come around, right. they'll become friends on the journey. And then, okay, I see. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit similar to the hunger games where and at the end love, it's a matter of like, I can't do my life without having you. Oh, no, here. no. I'm, I'm getting confused. There's the PETA character. Who's. Which one's the friend back home and which one's, is Peter the friend back home or is Peter the one that's the experience? Peter's the one that goes with her. Oh, okay. I can't remember his name. His name was Gail. Is a, Gail. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. a, a girl's name. That's a guy's name. Yeah. yeah. Um, Gail. That's right. That's right. Okay. I was thinking partly Gail. And so that's and I don't think I, we're going to have a Gail. Yeah. No, no, no Gail's. There's We've just that a, betrothed guy that he, she doesn't care much about. She, he's right. just, yeah. And he's just being dutiful too. So. Yeah, he's just being beautiful. So it was either that she uh, negotiates that she gets to go if she has to get married or had this alternate sort of idea that at the large betrothal ceremony, she says she's going to the cave instead of her betrothed. Society is passive. <gasps> Shock! Yeah, so she she just says it in front of everybody. So the society is pacifist, so they're not going to confront her. Um, and her father agrees. She needs a chaperone. maybe it's a sacred space where what you say becomes true, mm. and so because she says it, it becomes that's true. powerful. That's really powerful. Yeah. Um, okay, so then I say some sort of miracle happens during the ceremony or a sign from supreme being. That signifies that she needs to go and there's like a vision or something that if she well, fails actually, the that, quest, that could be our that could be our thing is that if you say it in the sacred space she has to go that it, then we don't need a sign it's just like she said it so now it has to be yeah or like you know how she glows yes so we could show some sort of miracle or like supreme being message in that her whole body starts to glow okay and then she speaks and then they're all like okay well that was a message so they can't do anything but listen to her um I know that this is a little bit cliche but I like the whole idea that something more to this quest than just I want to go to sort of like clear my head and uh, avoid getting married right away, blah, blah, blah. And that, that if she fails, if she doesn't do this correctly, if she doesn't go to the cave and whatnot, then something bad will happen to her people. But we don't know why or so we're kind of lending the whole quest more significance than just it's not just about her. Right. But right, how right, do we right. do that in a way that makes sense? 
Well, I mean, there certainly can be a societal, if this, if this ritual is not performed, it ruins, I mean, because they place such importance on tradition and all that, that if, if the rituals aren't performed in the right way, in the right order and, and stuff like that, it will, it will ruin everything, even though it may not ruin everything, but it's just really, really important to keep the tradition because tradition is so important. Right. Um, well, I just had a really cool idea that what if in the cave, we were talking about the tree of life. What if there's this otherworldly tree that's just growing in the middle of a cave, which you think okay. that doesn't happen very often because it needs sunlight, right? So it's like right. this this sort of magical tree that they think spawned life. I'm getting something. Elden Ring vibes here. That's great. <laughs> so do you, know, do you know Elden Ring? No. Okay, new video game. It's it's sort of like uh, a little bit Lovecraftian, a little bit Bexinky, a little bit um, uh, Tolkien. It's like absolutely gorgeous, but like very twisted and the, the just gorgeous. Like a tr and at the center of the play area, the play area, the the your world is this huge glowing golden tree. And no matter where you are in the world doing your adventures, there's this huge beautiful tree. And so it it's giving me Elden Ring vibes. Nice. That's Sorry, kind of what I'm going for. Um, except so gold and silver, I think have been overdone. Yes. Um, and I think there needs to be something more to it, like something uh, like unique and like uh, the roots are above ground. Like they're, they're like consuming the cave. It's inverted. Yeah, it's like an inverted tree. Like it's, um, and uh, I think it makes sense that it would glow because the people glow. It, yes. I think it should have some sort of attributes of, that connects it to these specific people. Um, and it's not just a tree or a cave for, for them, but they think it is. Mm -hmm. Like it's for all of the people, but um, maybe there's a sense of like superiority then too, because like they're connected to this tree in a way that the other like rock fire, whatever people aren't. Ownership. Um, yeah. Like they, this is very special to them. Right. Right. Because they are the tree people. So the tree right. is theirs. Yeah. Um, have you ever read the Enchanted Forest Chronicles? No. Oh my God, that's one you should just pick up today immediately. So it's actually a four books, but it's it starts with Dances with Dragons, I think it's the first one. But it is a kid's book in, and it's very sassy. And so it starts off with this young woman, uh, Simmerine, who uh, she is raised in a castle with seven sisters and all her sisters are good girls and they all get married to very dull princes and do what they're supposed to do. And one day Simmerine's like, I don't want to do this. So she runs off to find a dragon because she wants to become a dragon princess. Oh. And oh my God, it is so fun. It is my daughter's favorite, favorite book. My daughter's favorite series. She has the first copy that we ever got her, which is all four books in one. And it is so, it is like basically falling apart. She loves this book so much and she's read it, I bet, 50 times, which is wonderful. Uh, but it really is, it's got a snappy sense of humor, but this is kind of reminding me I mean, it, our the, our book is way different, but it's the same sort of thing where the main character's like, I don't want to do what I'm expected to do. Right. And she's very snappy and, and, and the dragons are just amazing. 
the dragons are good good guys and wizards are bad guys so interesting yeah that's cool okay <laughs> sorry giving you those vibes <laughs> there's lots of vibes here yes i really like that the idea of something happening in that ceremony that makes it more than just a quest for her because it's more pressure on her than too and right. she she has less of an ability to just run off right which right. is good so the ceremony there's something else changing and this it's very important that she do what she's supposed to do because things are changing yeah does society already know about the outsiders and so no. they're feeling threatened something is threatening the order she's threatening the order yeah yeah <laughs> yeah we can come up with some sort of like prophecy or something right okay prophecy writing is not exactly my strong suit so that's so i think prophecy writing it needs to be poetic uh-huh uh and short and sweet so i just i just was reading a book it has some good qualities uh but their their prophecy or their like sacred text took like four pages of like oh. a <laughs> six by nine and i'm just like that is I'm on the I'm on the Tolkien version of prophecy. His his poetry gets really long, but his prophecy tends to be fairly short. Yeah, and um, I think it should it should be because it needs to be memorable. You can't easy to remember. Maybe that's one of the things we should both do is by next time we should both write some prophecies, but we have to figure out what the prophecy is supposed to say before we can write it. And then yeah. we can like well like we can either choose one or we can take parts of each or something. Yeah. I think it should it should be easy to understand, but also a riddle at the same time. Yeah, it has to do it has to have something with trees and does it have to rhyme? I like when it rhymes. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah, it makes it feel more prophetic. I have no idea if that's theme stated, but it's it's sort of a idea of like what's the next thing in our plot, right? Have we only got through two steps? Yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Okay, so the next beat is break into two. They go off on their adventure and are still in their territory. They're able to use their magic. Uh, and then the old woman comes upon them. Okay. And we don't know how that happens or conversation will come upon. Is it a, I think it should be something less like goofy something like you should need that or I just keep imagining the trolls in Tolkien where uh in the Hobbit where he, he's supposed to be the thief and so he's supposed to, he's going to go steal some stuff from these trolls and it's this great scene where he gets them fighting with each other sorry they obviously wouldn't be this scene um but something of a similar vein where it's kind of fun and funny and is she going to get them out of something that's, or are they going to save her or are they, I mean, why did they bring her along again? I think she just follows them really to start. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, like I was just well, kind then. of imagining like going off the same like troll vein. It's like, what if she's just goofily talking to herself as if she's talking yes. to like two other of herself. Um, and she's, so I she like that. She just pops onto the road and is talking and they're like, what are you doing? Like, like just strange, strange lady, just like walking in front of them as if they're not there and talking to herself. And, and then um, she starts following them and won't yeah. leave them alone. Yeah, exactly. 
Okay. And you I can like have it. her continue to kind of talk to herself. And, and yes. that's a really interesting writing tool because you, number one, it's goofy. So yeah. it's, it's just fun to read. Number yes. two, it shows personality. Mm-hmm. And number three, it's a very, very silly, entertaining way to uh, explain things. Yes. Yes. And you can like bring in like off the wall things that really make sense later. I mean, at yes. the time you're like, what is this? But then you're, and then, and then it all sort of comes together. Yes. Yeah. You should always be like, when there's a scene with her, I think you should always be like, what happened? What in the heck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> that's really, it's just, that's just fun. Like that's yes. exciting. To, to she write. brings chaos to the, she to brings the chaos, but that's what they think at the beginning and then everything like makes sense and they start to like respect her and need her and whatnot yes and this this makes great sense but it is very daunting for a writer because you have to you have you we probably would have to go back and rewrite her portion by the when we get toward the as we keep going because it'll make more sense what she's doing and then you have to make the go back and yeah write exactly. the beginning part to match what you end up with yeah, yeah. Yeah. And insert some more like funny little things that make sense later. Yeah. I, for some reason, combined break into two and the B story. But I don't think I even did anything with the B story, actually. So the B story is supposed to be a sort of second storyline. That's the PETA characters arc, whatever that is. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> whatever yeah. that is whatever that is so how will we just uh put the b story on the shelf for a second because or more than why a second. did he agree to go this is a good question i think that i needs mean to be because answered. he's putting his life on hold and if it's not because he's secretly in love with her which would be a motivate motivation if that's not it then either he went away from something or both. Um, <laughs> well, we could have him motivated by learning more about the sacred space. Okay. Yeah, yeah. He is a sort of like, what do you call it? Like, a, like let's call it like a true believer. Like he really has a a sense of connection with the supreme being. Whoever. So he is a traditionalist, and he's like, yeah. I really believe in this, and and he's kind of a little bit he's supportive but contemptuous in a way of her because she's like you know kind of fiery and has yeah Yeah. and he's like no this is this is real and this is true and 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 you're just being silly or whatever right and it can be a at first like a point of contention but then as they spend more time together they start to kind of mold uh and come closer to each other where she becomes a little bit more traditional and he becomes a little bit more like hmm should yeah, I believe questioning. everything? Right. Yeah. So he signs up to go because he is curious about that sacred space. And maybe there's something about him that wonders if he'll ever get married, if he'll ever have the opportunity to even go to this place without tagging along with her. Why does he doubt that he'll get married? Is it because his family's hmm. poor or because because his, I mean, it could be something like one of his parents betrayed the traditional, I mean, that could make him very traditionalist. One of his parents was, is in prison or something, you know, I don't know, was put to death because they betrayed the tradition or, you know, yeah. is now a, a sacred tree somewhere that, 
is not a sacred tree, but it, like an outcast tree or um, maybe the the worst thing that could possibly happen to a tree is burning. <gasps> right? Because you're not enough, you're nothing. Burner right? should use a witch. Do, do you, you know Monty Python? <laughs> yeah, I've seen I've at least seen that. Yeah. Burn her. Sorry. <clears throat> Monty Python. Monty Python. She turned me into a newt. And then they all look at him and he's like, I I got better. <laughs> That's a great Monty Python. So goofy. <laughs> yes. Um, anyway, sorry. Burn. Yes. But no, that's a good. I like that idea where he he's motivated to explore more of the sacred. He doesn't feel like he could get he could get chosen to be married or anybody even wants him to get married because of his family's past. Right. And was that his mother, his father, his grand something? I think it should be something like a grandparent. Um, but okay. yeah, that's a whole backstory okay. that we need to sort out. So Right. So that's the B story is him going to see the sacred space, his family's past. Yeah. Okay. So we've we've figured out what Pete is doing there. Right. right. And a little bit of the B story. Yeah. Okay. So the next bit is fun and games sequence of multiple scenes or chapters is where we will see the hero in their new upside down world so that's like they're going along their journey they're either generally loving it or hating it they're either succeeding or floundering we want to see the hero pursuing the goal that you set up at break into two so we were supposed to set up a goal ah well he he set up a goal at break into two she set up a goal at the be at the theme section Right. And they're the same goal, make it to the tree. And and their adventures along the way is the old woman is causing adventures and they're going toward the tree. This is where you show the hero either making strides to achieve that goal or struggling to achieve the goal. This beat is also called the promise of the premise because it's a section of the story that represents the hook of the novel. Okay, so let's not get into what a hook is because I've always struggled with that too. I know what a hook of an essay is, but I'm not sure the hook of a novel. I never <laughs> thought of it that way. So the premise of the fun and games that I thought would be uh, the old woman is just kind of tagging along and they're starting to notice that she seems to have this larger knowledge of the world that they obviously don't, right? Mm -hmm. so they're uh, experiencing new things and we can kind of brainstorm what the new things are and she's helping them with those new things. Uh, helping them with survival, telling them about the history of the land, and helping to helping them to use their magic more effectively because they've never been outside their territory. Right, and and so, as we've said, their magic wanes when they're not in their territory. Right. So all of those things need further development. A lot and, of and, further development. Oh my gosh, um, this is this is a problem I run into sometimes, and I'm sure all writers run into, novelists run into sometimes, which is I haven't thought through what my character is going to be doing, and if we're going to be having them on a journey, they have to have adventures on the journey, and so we have yeah. to think about they're going to. I don't know if they'll go with further beats or what, but they'll have to be like, you know, they meet ogres, they meet. Well, they have to meet the young man. Um, right. Yeah. So so that, so that part is further in my outline here. But, okay. So, all right. So okay. That's established. So, adventures. We have to have adventures. Yes. I think that you can model it around the word survival. So okay. they obviously need to survive in the wild. So they need things like 
fire and they need food. So one of the central tensions is gonna be their magic is waning and they're not being able to do things the way they usually do. Right, so one of their pieces of magic is that they can just make something grow, which is very convenient for food. But once they're outside of their territory, they can't, they don't know how to do that anymore. So either the old lady helps them to still do it or the old lady just does it for them. Right, right. Or they have to figure out how to gather what's, what's edible, what's, um, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I, I feel like the old woman just shouldn't just do it for them. Yeah, but I think we still need to establish that she's like all powerful somehow. We could have like a really dangerous thing that she saves them from. That would establish it, but. Well, I guess I establish it later with my the other bits that I haven't okay. told you about okay. yet. Yeah, um, and so it's too early to show she's all powerful. We think okay. she's a bumbling, bumbling person at the moment. Too early for powers, but she does know a lot of stuff. So they, they are surprised by it because she seems like she's doesn't. So uh, other kind of dangers in the wild could be obviously like wild animals, rough terrain of some kind. Are they going to, is it just going to be the three of them or are they going to end up, I mean, do they have horses or are they... Do they have animals? Are they Maybe they can gonna... start with some horses, but the horses run off. Okay. Horses run off. Are, do they have, I mean, are there going to be any other animals involved that, they're, that are going to come along? Does mm. the old woman have an animal? I think that there should be some sort of, well, the old, the old woman could have like a bird, but is that too cliche? We won't write it cliche, so it won't be cliche. <laughs> so, well, I mean, then also she's kind of talking to something. Yes, bird. She has a bird. Old woman has bird. Is that what you would like? A bird? Well, or we could make it weirder, like a chipmunk yes. or something, or uh, like a fierce looking feral ferret or something. We can make up a creature, but we have to have something. Is it going to be fuzzy or is it going to be fierce or is it going to be bird-like or is it going to be lizard-like or is it going to be I, okay I just had this like funny idea like so <laughs> I think it should be like some sort of short fuzzy rodent but okay. it has the the it has like this weird spectrum of behaviors where it could be okay. completely like fierce and feral like you need to stay away from it but she can just speak this like language at it and it's suddenly like I'm thinking I'm thinking of the dog in Despicable Me with all the teeth where you're never sure if it's a dog. Do you do you remember that character? Yeah. 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 Where you're not quite sure what it is and it's like very fierce but also uh, uh, comic relief. <laughs> it's comic relief. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like a fuzzy rodent thing. Fuzzy oh. rodent, fierce but uh, unexpected. tamed easily by woman yeah okay then she's talking to something um okay so things so dangerous things in the wild could be like waterfalls obviously um so they've gone out of their territory what are they in no man's land or are they in a different territory 
yeah, let's do like no man's land. And then as they get closer to another person's territory, that's where they can meet the dude. Okay, right. So being no man's land, nobody knows about it. No one talks about it. Right. No, there's, there's no maps. Right. There be dragons. Yeah, there could be dragons. <laughs> uh okay so there could be things that are difficult um well even just for people who don't go very go anywhere um like there could be a point where there's just no more forest and that right, is right yeah that's like they're comfortable in forests right 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 it could be plains or mountains or both or I mean, often, often in uh, these kinds of things, there's a mountain range they have to cross. Yeah. And there's caves. I mean, they could go through a desert and a mountain range or something like that. I'll look up a ton of like terrain types, but yeah, I think okay. like to have a, have a point where out of their region, out of their territory, there is no more forest. Right. Um, Right. I think that it's 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 good enough to establish that they're comfortable in forests. So that's where they meet the woman. She's silly. And then there's a point where actually they need help. Right. And that's where she starts to be useful. Right. Um, right. And it's more about survival than you're silly. Right. Right. So I like the idea of them crossing a big plain because that's no more forest and then going across a mountain. Because that's like they can see the mountains coming, that builds tension. I don't know where along the way they meet the woman. And then and then in the mountains is where they start having problems. Yeah. There. Or having more serious problems, I should say. So I think another interesting thing to put in there would be like, and it would emphasize their lack of understanding of the world, is that when they started the journey, they thought that the cave was you know in their territory because they, they think of it as theirs oh yeah yeah, um, yeah so they thought it would be not very far uh and there could be like some sort of like cryptic statement go east till the sun blah 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 something yeah yeah oh yeah that's good yeah like <laughs> something really simple like okay yeah. we'll just go east go east we'll be back in like a week Right, yeah. Go east till the sun rises over the, I don't know, some cryptic something or another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the the only problem with that like concept is that we're assuming that lots of people do this, right? right. Like everybody married in that village had gone to this cave and come back. So uh, is it is it a cultural thing that you don't talk about it? Personal. It's like a vision quest, kind of. I think like I think that's how we should put it. Nobody talks about this. It's just what you do. It's a, it's right. between you and this supreme being thing. Right. You don't share anything about your journey. They don't have guidance. Right. And that calls to mind. There's a whole tradition of guys, just guys, go generally going on this vision quest, and it's a special kind of knowledge and a special kind of privilege. Yeah. Yeah. Why do they allow her? It's just a question to asterisk. I mean, if it is a thing that guys do, how can they allow her to do it? It's, it has to be more than just guilt, her guilting her father. 
because if yeah. it's traditional that guys do it, then there must be. Well, I think that that's why we need to have that scene in the ceremony because it's like this oh, yeah. sudden right. sort of sacred message being given to right. the village. Right, 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 like, right. like they can't ignore this or else right. they would, or else they'd be like, absolutely not. And that's what you were saying about having a larger fight. Okay. Yeah. And that's why I think there needs to be some metaphysical, spiritual happening in that scene or else this is a culture that really, this is very important and very serious, right? So yeah, that's, but that's a good point. Like this is something for the male gendered people of the culture. Like this isn't something the females are allowed to do. So they don't have any guidance there. We solved that problem. There you go. Bam. So midpoint. They don't meet the, the, the tree off boy before they're ambushed by the, before they come across the aliens. Right. Well, they're saved by oh, the right, guy. That's right. That, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Midpoint. So, aliens. So they are. Exclamation out. point. They're on the border of another territory at this point. Okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, they're ambushed by aliens and saved at the last minute by this dashing character. Uh, the old lady is not impressed with him. She says the aliens were not attacking. They were asking for food. So she implies that she can understand their language, which is okay. odd. You guys sound smart. He's athletic. He's attractive. Uh, yes. Like he's competent. Char- charismatic. Charismatic. Like he's just yes. this like whoa guy yeah yeah is the is the PETA character uh on board as well or is he skeptical he's skeptical at at first I think at first PETA needs to be like you know thankful that you know he saved them obviously he saved them then as they talk more the PETA character sees that this guy has like no respect at all for the sacred the tradition the supreme yeah. being he's like a no man's land guy like he doesn't right. belong anywhere or care right. so you obviously see very close at like introducing this guy that he doesn't like him he doesn't trust him. right right the new goal is to find the cave via a route that does not involve interacting with the aliens that's what the new guy says but right. the old lady is like, well, the aliens aren't the problem. Right. She's so she's denying that they were attacking, and the new guy's just taking over the mission essentially. The old lady says that going this new route, they'll have greater challenges. So the the greater challenges we need to fill in. What is new guy's motivation? In other words, what is his stated motivation? Why is he saying he's helping them, and then why is he really helping them? question think really he helps them because he's an outcast and he sees this as an opportunity he's trying to sweep her off her feet or become part he sees gain in in becoming accepted he's looking for acceptance yeah yeah that can, the thing that i'm thinking of is like he gives off this look as if he's got it all together he's figured out survival he has this cool like treehouse thing or blah 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 i don't know Um, Yeah, yeah. but actually he is perpetually like being attacked uh, by various people. Like, like we could have this spot, this particular spot, like on the border of like lots of different uh, people groups, like the, all three, even like it's right there. So he's just constantly being attacked. 
um, and he's had to rebuild. So maybe he has this like scene where he's admitting to, to PETA, like, because maybe PETA is like, what are you doing? Like, why do you even care to take us to this sacred place? You don't care about it. So, so that's where he admits like his ulterior motive. But I think his spoken motive should be something more like something that he's telling the girl, but he's not right. It's not true. I don't know if they're going to tell him that the reason they're going is because she's getting married. Are they going to tell him that? Well, he his his stated motive oh, will be to I... save them from the alien, right? Yeah. So that'll be a stated motive. Yeah, he just doesn't want them to get hurt. But then why would he really care? Because he's such a good guy. He's like, oh yeah, I he could just be like this Robin Hood figure. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I save a... everybody. That's right, and um you know, kind of like seeing himself as a superhero or like, I am the guy who comes in and Robin Hood, right? Yeah. Spoken is that he's saving them from aliens. So he has a vested interest in saying that the aliens are dangerous. Yeah, because he wants to project that look like he's saving things. And he could have this, like, if I'm a superhero, then and you die, then it would be directly my fault or something like that. I couldn't have that. Right. Right. I'm, I'm, I'm just get, picturing all the different fairy tale characters who are guys who are like, dun, 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 and then they end up being like hollow shells, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and that's this guy pretty much, right? Like, like he's frozen and Rapunzel. And like, there's a bunch of different characters that are like that, that are like all looks, you know? Okay. So that's what he says to her, but it's more about his personal situation that he wants to get out of that territory, but he can't come back to the forest without being reaccepted, like you're saying. Right. So, Having some sort of a traditional excuse, like I'm going to marry this girl or I'm going to, or. I think that it would be fun to do a scene where Peta is about to tell him, tell the guy that she's betrothed, but she doesn't want him to know that. And it could catch him, the new guy off guard that she's going like, why is she going to this cave? What are they even doing? Well, so what right. did they what do they tell him that they're doing? Right. Well, um, they can just tell him it's none of his business. And or like you said, their PETA character starts to tell him and she shuts him up because she wants because she's attracted to this other guy and she's getting yeah. connected. Well, and she could just say that, and it's true that during a ceremony the supreme being revealed to us that i need to go the cave they she doesn't need to mention that she's betrothed or something she shuts down the other character by doing it yeah which then hurts their relationship a little bit Yeah. Yeah. yeah and then he can also see that as oh well if i say the tree people then they'll definitely let me back blah 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 right the old lady says that if they go the way that the new guy is saying that there will be greater challenges. So I think that that should mean more like supernatural challenges. Okay. Like things like diseases and torrential downpours and like something where like the weather, yeah, something unexpected or like the earth cracks, like just random, like more supernatural things. Furian, like I'm yeah. getting in your way. God yeah, is getting in yeah, your way. God is getting in your way. God does not want you to do this. You're not supposed to be going this way. So she obviously knows that because we learn later that she is. Yes. 
Um, so the question is, is she the one that's causing it? That's the internet. Then I was just thinking that too, like that would be really cool if she actually says that, but she's the one that's causing it. Uh, she's trying to redirect them, she's, but they don't get it. The greater kind of story of that is that by going the way that the new guy says, they have to um, go into these territories that they're not actually allowed to go into to okay. go around the aliens. Okay. So we have to figure out where exactly this cave is. Is it in no man's land or is it? I mean, in... I feel like it needs to be like centrally located kind of uh, near each sort of like centrally located in all four of the clans. Yeah, that makes sense. Mordor, you know, either that or Mordor. <laughs> yeah. The evil land. The evil land. The, but that doesn't make sense. No. So. <laughs> we it needs to be more like the paradise land. In the original Hobbit, they are they are in the rain, they're up on the mountains. Have you read The Hobbit? Yeah. They're in the mountains, up in the rain. They go into a cave to shelter with their ponies, and then the goblins, the, the not the goblins, they're not goblins, they're um, orcs, aren't they? Come and, and out of the back of the cave and grab them. Something like that would be fun, where they get in enemy hands, or they, they oh, yeah. uh, get, totally get taken off track, or like, yeah, they have to escape from that. That's a good idea. We made it to midpoint. That's a pretty natural, a, yeah, spot, natural to, spot to end our first plot development podcast yes. session. Well, thanks for listening and be sure to tune into our next bonus material session where we're going to continue with the Save the Cat. And model. hopefully get all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> Until next time. Until we're... next time. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Right, bye. Well, thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our channel. We've got some great shows coming up with amazing practical advice for writers. And for the bookworms, fun features on new and exciting books soon to be released. You don't want to miss out. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook for all the updates. And if you'd like to be on our show, pitch us your idea on any of our pages. Until next time, keep writing, keep reading, and you'll live thousand lives. <laughs>